What's up, Buttercup? It's Nate with another episode of Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast. In this episode, I sat down with the one and only manager of the Eskimo Brothers in Josh Peterson to get to know him a little bit better. One of the reasons we started this podcast was to get everybody to know each other. So this is that. I want to apologize to Josh, apologize to, I don't know, everybody, I guess. We recorded this last March of 2021, and I just never got around to the edit. Got whatever, no excuses, right? But Big shout out to Tony for doing the edit on this. Things we got into were his upbringing, how he got into sports and fantasy sports, good times in New Orleans, the LSU Tigers, the NFL officiating, which everybody this last season hated, his love for Jeeps, and him going for it this season, which ended up turning out to be true as he took his dismantled team to the championship after losing Derrick Henry and Calvin Ridley and filling his roster with guys that nobody's heard of as we talk week over week and for week in this podcast. Today, I'm joined by somebody that we have not heard yet from in the league. So one of the purposes of starting this podcast was to get everybody to kind of know each other. We got some people that are in Colorado, some people that are in California, people that are in Georgia and Maryland and New Mexico and all over the place. And the core nucleus of us know each other and have been around each other and got to hang out. But I think other than James, I've hung out with everybody in the league and I know everybody in the league, but everybody doesn't know people like my brother or Clint and all those guys. So. In this episode, we brought to you Josh Peterson. How are you, man? Doing good, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Hello. Cool. So why don't you um, give the people a little bit of your background, your info, who you are, kind of where you're from, age, you know, what you kind of do, what you're into, and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, Josh Peterson, turning to 41 this year, so old fart. Getting up there. Getting up there in age. Yeah. Uh, military brat going up, so born in North Carolina, raised mainly in Virginia, Mississippi. Been in Colorado, actually, most of my life now, 2009-ish. Military, that's where I met most of these guys from here. Uh, one of the space nerds, so did did do the crossover. So, oh, that's yeah. it. Everybody knows, everybody knows what I like. Everybody gives me crap about it because I got Jeeps. <laughs> I got multiple Jeeps. <laughs> so, yeah. I, just, I just like to be outside. That's cool. Um, so, you're a big Louisiana sports fan. Yes. So... Who would you say that you like better or that you have more fandom for or more heart towards? Would it be the Saints or the Tigers? The LSU Tigers. I yeah, like, I like NFL. NFL is just getting too political, too, like, a lot of them are being big babies now, complaining about money, complaining about, like, injuries and stuff like that. So, uh, college, college sports kind of, like, where the heart and soul is of football or any sport, really, right now. I mean, they used to see every game, they put their heart and soul out on the field. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I dig I dig college sports in general a lot more. Just especially in the football realm, you get about you know anywhere from ten to twelve weeks, right? Yeah, and you gotta you gotta run the table to have a shot, right? Like you can't say like, well, we can sit guys or we're gonna lose a game or anything like that because you literally just don't have a chance to win a national championship at that point. So exactly, and I dig all the um all the school pride and stuff like that. Like I I always love I love high school sports for that reason too. You know bands student sections, the, the tailgate atmosphere, right. It's all revolved around like pride as opposed to like just fandom and you know, who the best of the best is and stuff like yeah. that. So, and it's, it's like that at any campus you go to, like you can go to 
you know, whatever the Air Force Academy, uh, Colorado Buffalo, you can go to Kansas, you can go all down to Ole Miss, you know, anywhere in the country you can go. And there's like, I went to a Berkeley, I went to a Berkeley, Illinois game in, uh, at Cal Berkeley. This is when Aaron Rodgers was playing before I even knew who the hell he was and before anybody really knew who he was. And, um, it was wild. Like the whole atmosphere was awesome for a game day, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's where it's at is like NFL, the people are chasing the money. So you don't have that. Those people that get there from freshmen going up all the way to seniors. You got some guys that like will transfer and stuff, which is fine and it's good. Uh, but yeah, you don't have those like people complaining about money. I'm going to sit out if you don't pay me X amount of money. Yeah. Like you said, it, it's just about the student pride, the uh, college pride and all that stuff. Yep. So going back to our origin story, do you remember how we met and kind of like what your first impressions of me were? And then uh, your like current impressions of me. Yeah. So I know it was probably 2013. I think it's right when I uh, moved down from Buckley up in Denver, down to Holloman to New Mexico. And uh, my first, first impression, I mean, with everybody at that unit seemed, seemed to be small. Everybody like you, especially were uh, very opening of, Hey, you got a couple of new guys in. Let's kind of get them embedded into the unit, embedded into like the family atmosphere type stuff that the unit had. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, like even now, you're still. I know you've been trying to get me on this podcast for a while, and it's just work and stuff came up, and it's just like you still, even though we haven't really hung out in eight years and haven't talked that much except for some stuff over Facebook. Uh, but it's still kind of like that, that family camaraderie friendship that like you put everybody else first. So. Yeah. That's like, it's nice to hear. And I appreciate that. Um, it's kind of, I don't know. I have a hard time receiving like kudos or feel good stuff from people or kindness. Right. Um, just from my own life experiences and stuff like that. But when I hear it, it's like, okay, like that feels good, you know, or like, that's how I try to, treat myself right like i'm nobody you know like just a dude like one dude out of however many millions of billions of people that are on the globe that are gonna all die in 80 years anyways and in 200 years no one's gonna fucking know you know so what am yeah. i gonna do with it you know and um like that that familyness that you know you find some people i think in your life that you just kind of click with you know like all the guys in this league like the majority of us talk you know daily even if it's we're razzing on each other and stuff like that you know but if we weren't razzing on each other then it's like well fuck well, they don't give a shit about me anymore you know it's like oh, yeah they took the time out to talk some shit like all right we're still having fun and stuff like that so no nah, that, that's why that's why i love this this league because it's same thing with like trey and beisner and tony and everybody is like we can, even though i work on the same base i run into them once a week at that and yeah. we still talk crap to each other all the time so yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah. And that was one of the things too. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think you were in the, um, I put up a zoom room for when we did the draft and I think we had like six or seven of us in there or whatever like that. And we were talking about like, how do we, like the podcast has been cool. It's got more people to kind of engage and talk. And a lot of times people just reach out to me individually and they're like, yo, this dude said this or whatever, like, fuck that, you know, or whatever. And they, they're talking smack to me through like the person, right? Like, yo, go throw that in the group, you know, or something like yeah. that. Uh, but we were talking about different ways to get everybody kind of know each other a little bit more outside of just some audio or some little videos here and there. So 
we were talking a little bit about trying to put something together and maybe like yearly try to do something as a league. So, Hey, do we go try like over the next 35 years, try to visit every NFL stadium, right. Or something like that. So no, that'll be awesome. You know, like one year it's Denver. Cause that's where the majority of the people are. That'd probably be like the first one. Right. And then the second one be, you know, whatever Kansas city and then just sardine Canada inside like two hotel rooms, right. Go for a good, 48 to 50 hours or something like that, hit the city, eat the food, see the stuff, go sit a game, you know, get some cheap seats at a game, you know, you could find like a frontier flight or a spirit flight, you know, just to get you there. And, you know, what a $300 round trip or something like that with hotel and everything that we're going to do. So just to kind of build some of that family aspect, because I don't think we're going to have anybody leave the league anytime soon. So I'd like to kind of build. I don't think so either. Yeah. yeah, I think there's something like that, even if it's just try to do – I know it's going to be hard, but try to do, like, the in-person or go somewhere and do the actual draft, like, at a yeah. at a different city or something like that. That'd be dope, too. Like, are you into baseball at all? Oh, I love baseball. Okay, cool, because that's, like, my favorite sport. And um, But I thought about that, too. Like, do we go – instead of like football stadiums, do we go see, cause everybody's into baseball. So I think Nick, Nick's Nick and Octavio are probably like the least into baseball. And I think everybody else is pretty hardcore baseball. Yeah, fandom. So it's like, do we go see every baseball stadium? Right. And then we tailor that around a draft. So whatever it is, any end of July, beginning of August, sometime before kids start school and all that kind of stuff. Right. Go catch a ball game draft done, do our draft. And then, you know, called a weekend or something like that. So that'd be pretty dope. Oh yeah. Especially if you can get to a city where somebody lives. Like I know Clint and James are down in near Atlanta. They're like an hour, hour and a half away from Atlanta. So it's like, yo, we're going to go crash at their pad, you know, or come crash at whoever's right. Colorado is easy. We got like six houses. Yeah. So, you know, um, that'd be pretty dope. So cool. So when did you, um, do you remember when you started watching football? So start watching football, probably, Late 80s, early 90s, so like 89-ish, 90-ish. Growing up, I didn't really – I like like you said, I'm more of a baseball. I played baseball growing up from about 9 years old to about 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, and I stopped. And I started playing basketball a little bit. But started watching football roughly around 89-ish, 90-ish when I was still in Virginia. Didn't really have a favorite team until about mid-90s when I moved down to Mississippi. Mm -hmm. I normally just followed players growing up, so I was like a typical eight, nine-year-old kid. I was a Cowboys fan just because like Emmitt Smith, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin. Yeah. Uh, I like Deion Sanders because he was like one of the best all-time players. Playing like Tecmo Bowl, I always played with either the Raiders because Bo, Bo Jackson, Jackson never stopped them, <laughs> or uh, the Chiefs with Chris McCoy and uh, Barry Wood because you can't stop them either yeah. when they got when they got beast mode. So, yeah, I just really didn't have a favorite team growing up. Uh, if you want to say it's really like Atlanta for the first few years just because of being close from Virginia. But most of it was just players. Yeah. I moved to Mississippi in about 93-ish, and then about 95-ish is when I started really following the Saints. Okay. So you kind of got a little bit of a touch of wearing the brown paper bag over your head? Yes. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> I, went, I went to – I went to uh, – I think it was like 95 or 96. I went to a Saints and – 49ers game with my uncle, my cousin. And we did it kind of like what you said. You go down there, party. I was 15, 16 years old, so they didn't care. Yeah. And then me and my cousin actually snuck all the way down into the, like, where they were supposed to run off 
Sweet. So we're right there by the by the locker rooms when they when the game ended. So it was pretty it was pretty fun. And that was actually like the first football game I ever went to. Yeah. Did you party party? Like I don't know if your family was like that. Like, did you party party when you no, were in New Orleans? We didn't really party party, but we did hit like the I've always been a big guy, so I've always been tall, looked older than I was, same with my cousins. And so they kind of New Orleans, they really don't care, especially yeah. early nineties, mid nineties. So yeah, we drank a few beers and stuff like that throughout. I remember I went to um so the only time I've seen LSU play in person was I went to the 07, so the end of 06 into 07 Sugar Bowl, Notre Dame against yep. LSU, Brady Quinn, and that was Jamarcus Russell throwing the ball 75 yards from his knees, you know, during warm-ups. You're like, holy shit. But it was crazy because it was a Sugar Bowl down in New Orleans in the Superdome. They just rebuilt the Superdome. So, like, half the streets were still crumbled from Katrina. Like, you can see hotels knocked down still and everything like that. And, um, you know, we're, you're playing LSU – and that thing's like 85 miles north. So the place is just all, you know, purple and yellow and gold or whatever you guys use for that color. But purple and gold, purple and gold. And, um, you know, we're Notre Dame fans. And the reason we went to that game is because they, Notre Dame was supposed to go to the Rose Bowl because USC was supposed to be in the national championship. That was like the Reggie Bush, Bush, Bush yep. year. And um, and so they beat Notre Dame. So then USC was undefeated. They went into the last week of the season and going into the last week of the season, this is kind of like really early internet. You can go online to the BCS uh, championship, whatever, right, website or whatever, and you could pre-order tickets for whatever team you wanted to see. So we're like, well, USC is going to the national championship, so they won't be in the Rose Bowl. And I live in Sacramento. That's like a six-hour drive. So my dad's like, why don't we go to the Rose Bowl before you hop, hop into boot camp, right? I was leaving like mid-January. So he goes – um, so we're like, cool. My mom's like, yeah, cool with it. Boom, buy it. And then USC lost to Oregon State in the last game of the season. So they didn't make the national championship. So USC got an automatic bid to the to the Rose Bowl. So we're like, well, what the hell does that mean for Notre Dame? And then Notre Dame got picked to play in the Sugar Bowl. So we took a yeah. flight out there or whatever. But I was 20 at the time. And I remember my dad. My dad was in the Air Force back in the end of the 60s, early 70s, right? And um so he remembers being in Biloxi and going down to New Orleans. Well, back then you could be 18 and drink in New Orleans, right? Like that was law. And so he would be like, he walked up to a bar and was like, hey, is the drinking age still 18 here? And I'm like, dad, you're dumb, right? And, and like, we're both standing in this bar. It's like 1030 in the morning, um, the day before the game. And they're like, uh, no, it's 21. Why do you ask? He's like, well, my son over here is going to the boot camp. This, this gives us whole spiel, right? And the guy goes, is he in the bar? He's like, yeah, he's right over there. He's like, he's old enough to drink. So my dad was like, okay. So we grabbed a couple of drinks and then my dad hadn't drank in like 20 years. So he was blitzed. And then I had been drinking since like my senior year of high school. So I was, I was just like, dad's let me drink, pound them. Right. Yeah. And then they have those like little buckets that you can carry around uh, for like five bucks. You can get a refill, yeah. right? Tupperware bucket thing. So the, the bartender was like, grab one of these and you'll be able to drink anywhere as long as you're holding it. So I was like, fuck yeah, that smashed. Like. Yeah, I, I mean, growing up in Mississippi, we we're I was right across the river from Louisiana, and actually, '98 is right when they switched it from 18 to 21. And the only reason I know that is because I turned 18 in '98. I was like, "Sweet, I could go to I could go to Louisiana," and it was like a month and a half. It was like a month and a half before they were like, "Nope, we're switching it to 21." I was like, "All right, cool, whatever." But again, like growing up, small town, 19,000 people in the whole ta- whole county. I knew all the bartenders, so I was going through the bars like it was nothing. Yeah. 
that's how like the little I, i'm from like up next to beale so it's like 20 minutes yeah. from the sacramento right in that marysville yuba city area so it's pretty much like the middle of nowhere so while it's a small town like you know everybody you go to the same gas station all the time so we'd be like seniors in high school during baseball season going on camp for the weekend or something like that out by the lake and you just know that you can just go to any of these type of gas stations and they'll be like, yep, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Right. So you go out to the lake, get all smashed and then come back or whatever like that. But um, that's cool. So you have a favorite player. You mentioned Deion Sanders as one of your favorites all time. You have any other like current players that you're like your favorite players? So current, even though he retired was Drew Brees. Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, Tickle Saint people, Joe Burrow. Like, I think he would have, Again, the LSU players, I think he would have killed it last year if he didn't get injured. I mean, just for the first few games, even though they lost, like they're losing. Yeah. They show that he, yeah, he was actually, I mean, he was NFL quarterback, right? When he uh, got in. I do like Derrick Henry. I know a lot of people don't like him, but he's just a beast running back. I mean, there's, there's like nothing you can do about it. You know, yeah. I, I hate him to be from Alabama, but it's just one of those things. Yeah. But it's, it's just like the typical, can't say anything bad about Tom Brady, even though I hate him to be. He's so good. Yeah, it doesn't matter what team he goes to, but like that's just mainly it with that. I think the best thing with Tom Brady that happened to make a lot of people not hate him as much was he won one with the Bucks. So mm-hmm. then people are just like, kind of have to respect him now. You know, it's not him and Belichick anymore. Like people kind of like Arians. They brought in Fournette. They brought in Antonio Brown. Right? Like they have a bunch of guys that nobody wanted, and then he went and won the Super Bowl. You know, so it's like. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. Like I said, I, I respect them because of that. But it, again, it's like those some of those players that it's just like that Prescott. I can't stand him. I don't know why. It's yeah, just, it's just, it's, I think it's just adds to like, like he's never he's consistently won in the Cowboys, but he hasn't really shown anything to warrant the forty million dollar, hundred million dollar contract and stuff yeah. like that. And he's, he's complaining about it. I, honestly, I thought, I thought, I thought. He was going to be on the trading block for Russell Wilson. I thought I thought the Cowboys were going to try to go after him when Russell Wilson came out with it. They want to play with like the Saints, Cowboys, Raiders, and I forgot what other teams. He was like, "Hey, these are teams I would like to go play for." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I can see him signing, signing Dak and trading him Dak and a couple of first round picks for Russell Wilson to get him down there." I don't know, like Dak last year, like people talked about a lot about his stats and everything like that. It's like, yeah, it's kind of nice when your defense can't stop anybody. So you have to pass that fuck. Like that, that's never good. Like it's, there's very few quarterbacks that it's good that you're going to throw for 5,000 yards, you know, like two years ago, Jameis was the leading passer in all of football, had the most passing yards and he threw 30 picks. Like that's not good. <laughs> yeah. He was 30 for 30, I think, or 31 for 30. It was like yeah. 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. And that's like, the first few years, 2006 is 2007 when the Saints won the Super Bowl, like, or 2009 ish. Uh, they led the league in passing and rushing yeah. as a team. Didn't have a uh, solid 1,000 yard rusher. But after that, you saw the defense kind of went to shit. And that's why Drew Brees had to uh, throw 4,000, 5,000 yards every year. It's just because they didn't have any rushing game whatsoever. And then defense. They were coming back from all the games. And then at the end, the defense like, all right, it's fourth quarter. We can play now. And then they, they stop them. And it's like, yeah. come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So you like baseball. Do you have a favorite baseball team? So it's funny. Like, my favorite baseball team is Chicago White Sox. Nice. I've, I've only been to one game. And it's been here at the Colorado Rockies a couple years ago. And it's just because I've been a Frank Thomas fan ever since 
he got yeah. drafted in 89. So it, it was, then it was like following, following the player. And then I just stuck with the White Sox ever since. Yeah. I respect that. I respect a lot of people. Like, I think the White Sox are going to start getting a lot more fans, right? Because their, their team is pretty nasty. It kind of hurts that they lost Eli oh, yeah. Jimenez, right, for six months. But they got Luis Robert, Tim Anderson. I mean, they got, you know, they got stuck. Like, Robert is nat. Like, he's like 20 he, years old. Yeah. and he, He's like a heavyweight UFC fighter. Like, just I know. effortlessly hitting homers that are, like, low and outside, and he's pulling them. Like, holy shit. Like, I don't know what they're doing in the Dominican, but – I need to go down there and like just have my kids play ball or something like that. <laughs> it's Dominican, Cuba, Panama, all those like uh, like Caribbean, yeah, South America, Caribbean teams are just crushing it in the league. Yeah, it's just like yeah, I think I think they're gonna do well. I think they're I think they'll be able. They should. I don't know how it is without Eloy Jimenez for a while, but. They should be able to compete, like at least pretty decently in the playoffs as well, based off the roster yeah. they have. So, yeah, they should stay and pretty much lead of the central at least. Yeah, and then, and then you have like culture, right? Where a lot of people, you know, if they listen to '90s hip hop from the West Coast, like everybody was wearing white socks hats, right? Yep. <laughs> so yep. it's like, oh, here we go. You know, they they put uh, straight out of Compton back on, like you know, whatever type of streaming on Netflix, right. Or something like that. Oh, it's like, over for the white, like everybody's a white box fan now. So. Yep. And, and it's, it's watching it this year and just watching the last couple of years. It's just, there's a lot of like Dodgers are like doing a hell of a good team. The angels are trying to get up yeah. there. Uh, you got so many teams that are just actually spending money. Uh, what is it that was like, like that 17 year old kid that is just crushing it right now. I'm like, this dude's 17. He's playing, he's playing pro ball. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, when I was 17, I could barely hit a baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was still trying to get over holding girls' hands at 17. I know. I know, okay. I know. <laughs> yeah. There's that dude for the Yankees, uh, Jason Dominguez. I think he's in the Dominican. And oh, yeah. They call him the Hulk or something like that. And he's been called that since he was 15. The dude, they like, the only comps they have for him are like Mike Trout. Babe Ruth, like the best of the best, and you're like, holy crap! This dude comes up and he plays for the Yankees. Like, Jesus Christ, man! Like, it's you never know, but you know he's like the number one prospect for like however he's better than everyone that's been you know basically since Trout they say. So it's pretty nuts, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. To see. I love I love baseball, man. I could watch it anytime, any any day. TV, I could listen on the radio, like anything like that, especially in person. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm a I'm a huge per, in person fan to mm-hmm. go play to watch it, especially like down here in Colorado Springs when they had the Triple A team for the Rockies. I used to have season tickets, and then now they got rookie league. So I like watching rookie league because that's where like the true guts and grit. Yeah, is. I mean my 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 cousin used to play rookie league ball for the Rockies, and he he kind of threw that down the the toilet. Yeah, but I mean they're only paying him pay like two hundred bucks a, a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you can see they're 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 grinding and like trying to claw up the mountain, just get into the next league and yeah, keep on moving up. I definitely I dig it. I think the reason I like baseball so much is that there's no stereotypical body for it. No. Like you got Bartolo Colon, who you know looks like he's he runs a pizzeria, and then you got <laughs> exactly. you know. 
Cody Bellinger's like six foot five. He looks like he's 180 pounds soaking wet. You know, Tatis is like Tatis Jr. in San Diego. He looks like he's five eight, you know, or something like that. And the dude belts home or like and you could be anybody, you know, like as long as you can do the hardest thing, I think, in all sports yeah. is put a bat to a ball um, in less than a second. Like, I, I think I think it's awesome. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when did you get your start into fantasy sports? Do you remember that? So I think it was basically almost probably early 2000s. I think it was right when I got my first unit. Uh, mm-hmm. So 2004, 2005. I mean, typically, you know how that is. Military, your flight, your session, your squadron. Yeah. Depends on what it is. Always has those little side bets and stuff like that. Yeah. Hey, we're going to do this. People get the bragging rights, whatever. So yeah. I think it was right, right around 2005 when I first first started doing it. And then went from two, about 2005 to about 2008 and it stopped for a couple of years until I got down to Holloman. And got it picked back up. We used to do the Super Bowl charts and the March Madness and stuff like that, but we never really got into fantasy football. Yeah. At my first unit up at Buckley, yeah. my first uh, space unit. Yeah. I know. I think uh, like Wayne, right? Wayne Henry, he he talked about that too. He was like, Yeah, I started when I was on crew in Korea or something like that, right? Like, yeah. I had nothing else to do. So it's like, Hey, one guy's like, Hey, I do this. Like, well, what the fuck's that? I, I can watch sports, you know? Like, we ain't got shit else to do. So, Oh, and then we could talk shit to each other, you know, whatever. Like, I try to do the fantasy baseball, but that's just too much movement going on, yeah. going on. You remember uh, Bruce Prescucci? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's trying to get me into a fantasy baseball league because he knows I love baseball and stuff like that. And I've done it a couple times, but I never did it with him because he was like, "Yeah, it's a dynasty, so you'd be picking up whoever else's team that left." I was like, "Oh God, no!" Like. Yeah, somebody left the league. It's because they're trash, and like I got five years to rebuild this thing, man. Like, <laughs> you know, like exactly the grind of it is so much, man. Like, and especially depending on like how it runs. Like, if you have like daily lineup set, like you can change your lineup daily, or you can change it only weekly, right? Like, there's so many different things. You'd have to really get like a good group of people that love it enough to do it. Because I know Brandon started a couple, and then they've tailored off you know after like a month yeah, or something like, like that so I, I was on his and then it just gets too much i just like totally forget about it i'm like oh shit like, yeah i just set my lineup i'm like all right cool whatever i like, got like 100 points this week yeah 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 <laughs> all right so some of the thoughts for this league taco court fantasy football league you've obviously been in it since the beginning but um so i assume that you're okay with it but what do you like not like you have any things that you can you would want to consider changing about it, or anything that could make it better? I, I like. I mean, I like how it is. I like, like I said, I like the group guys. Uh, I remember, I think when it first started, we did the defense, and then, then we had like the defensive lineman, linebacker, yeah, defense back. It was kind of cool, but then it just gets too much into the weeds of like your team, fifteen man team, and then you got to start like strategizing on your defense. Yeah. I just like how the regular standard lineup is on it. So I don't, I don't, as of right now, I don't think anything can change. Yeah. Uh, I think, like what we were talking about earlier, is to really kind of make it better is get more interaction. Yeah. Uh, like, especially live interaction, like in person interaction and stuff like that. But I know that's kind of hard with everybody spread out. Yeah. That's, that's really it. I can't really think of anything changing it or anything like that. Yeah, I think I think once we if we can get like a like 
the first time we have like a meetup or something like that. Right. And we can get everybody together. And then I think everybody feels a little bit, you know, the people that are outside of it. Right. I mean, like, like, I don't know if you know, Nick Oliveris, have you met him yet? No, he uh, works with the army doing the same shit we did. Right. So he's, he was out there in California with me and then he got out and he's a contractor now. So, so he works over there, but he lives in the Springs. Uh, he lives out by, by like Cheyenne mountain and stuff like that. Oh, nice. He works out of Fort Carson, but you know, guys like him, my brother, Clint James, those guys, you know, like getting those guys in and, you know, being able to be a part of it for a little bit, you know, a couple of days or something like that, drink a bunch of beer, talk shit, you know, and then, then it, I think it opens it up a little bit more. So that and the, or trying to get like some, I want to try to get into like doing three person or four person podcasts. Right. So yep. it's like, Hey, I'm going to force this person, this person, this person to get in. And then now we're just going to go at it and I'm going to instigate fucking everything. And I, I think I think that's how it is. Like, I can talk shit about people, but I don't like talking shit a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's kind of like where where you kind of just said is I don't know a lot of the guys, like your brother and yeah. stuff like that. And it's, I know they're all fun and games, but I mean, some people might like kind of what we were talking earlier. Some people might take it too serious. Some people like, oh, wait, do this. Tell this person this. Tell yeah. this. And it's like, come on, you got balls. You're yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. You're adult. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. And everybody should know that nothing said here is personal or anything like that. It's just, it's just it's funny games and stuff like that. I mean, like me and Tony just did a whole five minute podcast, uh, just roasting the shit out of Henry, you know, for not yeah. hitting his belly button. And then it was just like, it was fucking ridiculous. You know, we're like, we recorded for like 40 minutes, right? Cause we would tell one and then we just like start laughing so hard and be like, Oh my God, like we're going to get canceled. Like, or Tony, yeah. like, can I, I might get in trouble for this one at work, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, ah, like, I was like, you want me to put that? He's like, nah, fuck it. put it in there. Like it, it deserves, that's a good one, you know, or something like that. So, you know, it's it just funny games. Like we talk a lot of crap about him. Like, Oh, I can kick kicked out or whatever like that. And like, I don't want him to leave. Like, you know, I want him to do the damn thing. I actually like the dude. So he helped me out a lot Yeah, in, in general. So really good dude. But how'd you feel about, team quarterback this year we did it for covid reasons but me and tony have talked a little bit about it about trying to keep it right like it is kind of nice to have a team quarterback just because say you have dak prescott on your team this last year right and he gets hurt well that's like the one position you don't really expect an injury or anything like that or if a guy gets pulled right it's just i don't know people play running backs who are going to get 10 touches right but you don't play the quarterback who's going to come in in the you know, like you wouldn't normally put Taysom Hill in a quarterback position if Drew Brees yeah. or Jameis is playing, right? But you could play team quarterback, and if one of those guys get pulled, then you get all the points for that position at least. So, what are your thoughts on that going forward? I actually, I actually like it. I mean, it's just like what was it? The Eagles when Carson Wentz came in and yeah, the last of the season, and it's like Nick Foles is there, and it's just I like how it is. I like it gives you like what you just said, and you don't have to worry about like crap. Is this person going to get hurt? And then, like it does, if he gets hurt in the first first quarter, then you're like SOL out of a quarterback for the rest of the game. Yeah. And it's a position where you're like, you're pretty much, you should be trying to guarantee yourself 20 points, right? So you end up with three. It's just shitty. And I think, too, like when you get a guy who's hurt and now you're looking on the waiver wire, like it's just like, at least I have something, right? I have something for a team instead of, 
instead of like, okay, I got to go pick out of the scraps, you know, or something like that. It's different with running backs because you're, you can, you know, people like to hoard running backs or hoard wide receivers, hoard tight ends, but nobody really likes to hold three quarterbacks, you know, <laughs> like you don't want to make that decision. For exactly. So I, I do, I do like the, the team quarterback. I mean, it does give you at least a better perspective of if something happens, at least, you know, know you have the backup. Yeah. He might not come in and do anything, but he might give you like what you said, 10, 15 points. Yeah. And you're not down three. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And then now you have to have those running backs, wide receivers, tight ends to do double the work just for, for what it is. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So we'll move into some Q and a, so I, um, I posed a question to a couple people in text and then I posted on the league's uh, Twitter account at taco court pod on Twitter, you know, looking for Q and a for the next episode. So I got some responses. Uh, the first question uh, Trey asks, do you blame yourself for Harambe's death? Because I do, I have no context of what this is. If there is something behind it. I have no clue either. Oh. I have no clue why this came up, but, I do. I do blame it. Okay. I do blame myself. <laughs> I think it's just because of him being an Ohio guy and it's happened in Cincinnati and stuff yeah. like that. I have no clue. Yeah. I have no clue about that. Brandon replied back to it too. And he was like, yep, 100% or he said like 110% agree that it was his fault. So uh, I was like, I don't know if there was a story behind this. You know, I don't live in Colorado or nothing like that. So I was like, oh. Nothing I know of. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to get them on and figure that out. But all right, next question uh, at 58 W King pod on Twitter asked, this is Tony's podcast. They asked if the moon were made of barbecue spare ribs, would you eat it? Hell yeah. Who doesn't like spare ribs? Yeah. I'm a fat kid too. So, <laughs> so yeah. give me a, give me a rocket ship up there. I'll be eating it all day long. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't usually buy ribs. Like if I do, it's I, I'll buy like baby backs because my yeah. youngest likes to eat them and stuff. And um, so we'll do that every now and then, like maybe once a month or something like that, barbecue and get them going. But fuck yeah, who wouldn't eat spare ribs? <laughs> I know. I grew up, my uncle and my cousin were big, huge. Like every Sunday growing up in the South, you have like a Sunday dinner. So yep. they always they used to always barbecue ribs and brisket oh, yeah. and all that stuff so i grew up on that so i'll be eating that all day long oh yeah oh yeah i'm big into barbecue man like i'll barbecue every day if i if i got yeah. the chance like literally my brother steve not the one who's in the my my brother glenn's brother so we have different me and my brothers have a different mom so it's from my dad's first marriage so them two are mm-hmm. together and then me and my sister but we have the same dad uh, but my brother steve so my other brother he's big into barbecue and he's always barbecuing so Literally, like our whole text thread is just barbecue and beer, barbecue and beer, barbecue yep. and beer. And then he'll share me pictures of like other things that, you know, he does or whatever like that. But it's mostly just barbecue and beer. Like, and it's like three times a week. Like, <laughs> hey, bro, this beer's bomb. It's it's local. Okay, cool. I can't get it. Like, you're in yeah. Central Valley, California. I'm in fucking Virginia, you know? When you come back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's a. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm moving out to Colorado here this summer. So yeah, I heard, I heard, I can't wait. Yeah. We, we can get everybody together. We're in bar like a motherfucker, man. Yeah. I've got, I've got a big green egg. So I like to smoke stuff. Uh, I remember seeing a picture. I think it was the last time you were here too, is when it was like you and Tony and Trey and Chad and all that went to the hockey game or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. I went out there for, um, 
fuck. When was that? That was like 20, oh, I don't know, four or five. No, that wasn't that long. It was like three years ago or something like that. And um, I flew out. it was like Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I do. I do know that. Right. And then I so I hit a bunch of people. I was just like put a thing. Hey, anybody know where the good seats are to sit in Pepsi Arena? Because I'm going to catch a hockey. I want to catch a hockey game. And then there, a bunch of people were just like, well, we'll go to a hockey game. I'm like, yeah. OK, I guess this is a thing. So. I think like AJ went and um, he just went to like Seat Geek or something, bought like nine tickets and was like, hey, we got nine tickets. Like, who wants to go? And I was like, guess it's a thing. It was yeah. bad, though, because I just flew in from, you know, the coast of California and got to elevation and I just started pounding beers. So I got hammered. But I was like, I think it was I forget who drove my car back. Like Tony drove my car, drove my rental back to the Springs to my hotel uh, from Denver because I was too drunk. I was like, Oh, like I could usually drink this. And they're like, yeah, you're at elevation, bro. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to a lot of that stuff. I'm doing a lot of stuff together, a uh, bunch of shenanigans. So I have to bring the camera, nah, record it, but make some funny bits out of it. But all right. So next question at a cause the heavy on Twitter asks worse free agent signing Andy Dalton to Chicago or Kenyon Drake to Las Vegas. This is, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Like, Andy Dalton, like, I know people are going to give me shit. He's a decent quarterback. He's not a he's not a five-star quarterback. He's not a top quarterback. He can play. Senior trade. Vegas has a bunch of running backs. The Raiders have dealt with a lot of running backs, so it depends on, like, how they'll play. Mm-hmm. But I think with it, I think I think Drake – I think actually Dalton is going to be the worst one. It's just, a, just how the Chicago Bears play. Yeah. I think they're going to be coming back – behind and then it's just gonna be like interception after interception after interception or sacks or stuff like that. That's that's just where I where I fall into is like the Bears lately just haven't had a team in a while. Yeah. So I think it's their fifth quarterback in three years or something like that. I know. Crazy. I I I think like they've had a what was it? They've had like a different quarterback almost every year since Jim McMahon back in the (laughs) eighties. It's just it's just like they, they have a they have a quarterback for like two years, and then they're like, "Nope, we need another quarterback in. We need another another quarterback in." And they don't their line right now just doesn't track them. Yeah, it's like they look at uh, Cleveland and they're like, "Wait, Cleveland's good now, so they're not going to be rotating quarterbacks all the time. So now we have a chance to win at something with how many different quarterbacks we could have in nine years." Yeah, <laughs> that's just funny. Because <laughs> I think like Trubisky was actually pretty decent, and then he just got hurt, and it's just like, "Yep, all right." Uh, at Graham the man on Twitter asks, "Would you rather be oblivious to all the problems in the world or aware of them and unable to do anything about it?" So this is this is a tough question. Not a tough question. Yep. Like with all the stuff that's going on, honestly, I would be oblivious because like you to go on daily daily thing, not worry about anything, not not give a care anything. But again, with all of it, you'll be like looking around like. How are these people so crazy? What's going on? Yeah. All this stuff. It's, it's kind of one of those like like limbo areas of where where you want to be. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick, I would be like oblivious because I'm just like, hey, live my life how it is. Don't yeah. care about anything else. Just go go day to day. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I get like super anxious when I open up social medias now. Like it's it's weird. Yeah. Like yeah. like what am I gonna see now? Right. And a lot of times it's like people are like yo are you still alive? You didn't post anything for like a week. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't really opened up my socials. Like, you know, and, but in that one week where I don't really like get to it, you know, 
I don't go and scroll or nothing like that. It's like, I feel so much better because it's like, you just look at it and it's like, I don't think that's really a big problem. I don't think that's a big problem that they're making, you know, like, or why is this such a big issue? Like, why are people doing this? Why, like, let me go down this rabbit hole. And then I'm like three hours later, like the world's going to fucking implode because of this accident, you know, or whatever's happening here, or the president said this, or, you know, all this kind of shit, you know? And it's like, none of it really matters. I don't think like, like in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, we work ourselves, we work our way around stuff. And like, if I were oblivious, it'd be like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a good, I feel like if I knew everything, I would be like all fucked up in my head. No one yeah. do anything about it. Right. So, and, and that's, that's exactly how I feel. Cause like with the crap that's going in the Suez canal with all the stuff that's going on, like I see people post like these memes and stuff like that. I'm like, what the hell is this? I have to like Google it. And, like what you said is I just go down rabbit holes. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I have friends that are left. I have friends that are right. And all the conspiracy theories are like, just, yeah. just, I just want to live my life. I don't want to work <laughs> into depth. Oh, this is happening because of X, Y, and Z, and this person wants this to do, and it's like, dude, it's it's nature. It's yeah, yeah. The world. Why are you looking so much into it? I'm just like, just live your life. Wake up, go to work, go home, spend time with family, friends, whatever. Yep. Stop worrying about stupid stuff that you can't even control. Yep. All right. At Joffrey on Twitter asks, who is going to have a better football year, Jared Goff or Matt Stafford? So these two quarterbacks were just traded for each other, LA Rams to the Detroit Lions. Who do you think has the better year? I think actually Stafford. Stafford's a pretty decent quarterback, and mm-hmm. I think with the Rams, Rams I think has a better all-round team. I mean, it's just how it is. What they've been, Rams have been pretty competitive last like three to four years. I mean, almost ever since when they went moved to LA. Yeah. So I think as of this, I think Stafford. I think with him. Being with the Lions, trying to be true to the Lions and not leaving earlier. I think he's he he's been dealt a crappy hand when he first came in, and yeah. it's just he didn't really show what is he's getting up there in age. I know he's still pretty young, but being a quarterback, being mid thirties and stuff like that is kind of pretty pretty old for it. But I think out of these two, he's going to have a better better year this year. Yeah, Matt Stafford got got shafted pretty hard, especially when you lose like one of the best wide receivers of all time. Yeah, exactly. Just like, retires at, you know, whatever age he was. 28 years old or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy just got a discount on car insurance. He's like, fuck it, I'm out of here. <laughs> Take yep. my extra 30 bucks a month and, and running with it. I think he'll end up having a better year. I think he'll be able to understand the offense a lot more just with the veteran mindset. I think that was one of the problems they had with golf was it felt like Sean McVay was in his ear until like the 15 second, you know, left on yep. the, on the play clock. Like I think the mic shuts off or something like that. And he had to coach him through like making the reads and stuff like that. So having Stafford be able to do all that stuff from the get, you know, I think, I think they're, he'll end up having a better, better time with it. And, and exactly. like the Lions sit there and they're like, Oh, we're going to get golf. Right. He's a younger quarterback. He's been throwing pretty good and all this kind of stuff. And then just like Kenny Galladay walk. Like, so it's, yeah, yeah. oh, by the way, your best receiver is gone, bro. Like just lions doing lions things. So that's cool. All right. So I have a couple. So the NFL has moved to 17 regular season games. Do you have any thoughts on this? So I think it's a plus or minus. It gives it to where the season's a little bit longer. So people like it. I think it's going to be, you're going to see a lot less of the stars playing because they're going to be wanting to sit out either like half games or stuff like that. Yep. I think what should happen 
was probably kind of like a like baseball, basketball, and NHL. They should have like a break, sometime like a two week break in the middle, just to give people, hey, all right, at the eight week mark, we're gonna take a two week break, kind of like a all star break, but just I mean, not play the all star game or anything like that. Yeah, I think that would be dope. Yeah, get them healthy and stuff like that. Or because I did look it up, because I did see something, and I was like, oh, cool, they they extended it. But they're not adding the extra bye week. But I think it should still have the regular bye week and then in the middle of the season do, like, a bye week for everybody. Just like, hey, this is your time to take care of the health, all this stuff. Because yeah. everybody wants to see it. They've already cut the pregame down from four to two. So, yeah. so I think with this, I think it'll, it'll be good. To get, I know it's more about revenue because everybody wants to see it. Everybody wants to sell out. Everybody wants to get more games. Yeah, I think they need to have something to look out for the players too, as a, like a two week break right in the middle of the season. Just call it good. I, I think that would be dope. You know, like because it, it's gonna suck when like if you're the team that sits there and you have you know a a week four by a week five by, you know, and then you got yeah. well three straight months right of just getting the shit pounded out. And then if you're a playoff team, then you're going for another month or a month and a half, depending on how far you get. Like, that's pretty brutal. Like having a big gap, I think not just having the one week off, right. Like you get a two week, you know, right in the middle of the season or something like that. I think that would be pretty good. I think a lot of people would, would dig that. So, and then you can off, you can offset it. So it's not even the whole NFL, right. It's like, Hey, you know, this half, whatever the NFC takes off week, eight nine or something like that right and then the next week is eight nine for the yeah. nfc right like that that could be good then you have a whole month kind of that transition not as much going on or whatever but you know there's a lot a lot of dough in uh tv exactly stuff. but but then at, even at that time you got you got so many more games on cable television right over the air or something like that so because now it's like you're not uh, like people are actually watching other teams because that's what the football on, you know, like exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, Hey, my team's not playing. So I'm going to watch. Yeah. AFC this time. I don't watch AFC that often or I'm going to watch this team. Yeah. I never really thought about that before. So next one, uh, tell us how you really feel about NFL officiating. So you're pretty open on the Facebook about your yeah. love for NFL officiating, any officiating in that, yeah. in that manner. So I, I think it's, it's, yes, I do think the Saints got screwed a couple of times, not going to lie. But I think it's just how it's been across the board. I think it's like a lot of them are like, all right, we just want this game to get over with. All right, we don't like this team. I think I think it goes out like Rams got screwed over, Raiders got screwed over, Saints got screwed over, Cardinals. I mean, I've seen a lot of games that just get screwed over. And yeah. stuff. I don't want them to go to that's the replay on every single game, I mean, every single play, because then it's going to draw the games, and there's stuff like, all right, come on, you can do this. And I think it's just – they just need to have better standards across the board. And I understand they're humans, so they're going to miss the typical holding calls and small stuff. But also I think a lot of it – and, again, I understand it's protecting the players, but there's so many of those BS – Rough in the past, or yeah. oh, you touch them in the you touch them in the head. It's not even you hit them. It's just like you barely touch them. It's like rough in the past. I was like, are you serious? Come on. I mean, yeah. it's not like the guys doing or the one. I think it was a couple years uh, last year. I forgot what team it was. One of the defense ends went to tackle, and he like tried to spun out, and the quarterback stepped in front of him, and he barely touched him, and the quarterback fell down like rough in the past. It was like, 
you saw him move it out of the way, yeah. try to spin, and now you're protecting quarterbacks or protecting whatever, and you're putting more strain on the defender because they're having to manipulate their body in ways that if they're already planted, you can have torn ACLs, you can have bad knees, bad anything like that because yep. they're trying to spin out of the way. I think it's good on some aspects, but I think there's a lot of stuff that they just need to work on where they need to use common sense on a lot of it. Yeah, and I, th- I think it gets highlighted a lot more to at end of games, right? Like, end of games are tough, but it's like some of those calls are just blatant. Like, yeah, where, you know, three million people around the United States of America are like, holy shit, like, how do you not see that, right? Like, you're standing right there, and they'll even give you a, a uh, an angle from where the ref was standing, and you're like, wait, like, his hand is grabbing, you know, or something like that, like, huh, you know. I don't know. I know like there's a statistic where it's like 99.7% or whatever like that of calls are correct. Right. So, but it's the, bl- it's the ones where they don't get them that I don't think yeah. factored into it, you know, but all right. So what is it about Jeeps? Everybody's wondering what is, what is it about Jeeps? You have, I don't know. You have more Jeeps than a hoarder has cats. Yes. I've got, I've gone through five Jeeps my whole life right now. I've had to, I just like them. I mean, now the new Broncos coming out, a lot of people like those. I know a lot of four guys. It's just, you can pop the door off. Like, we're going to be 70 degree weather here. I'm going to pop the top off, pop the doors off, and just enjoy that. Enjoy the weather. Yeah. You can take them anywhere. They're great, especially if I was on the beach. They'll be better because you can just load up, go, Hell do yeah. it. I, I just love them. They're just fun. And it's another type of community I like because. It's the same thing like with Milpay and with this group and this league is honestly I know like how it is. If anything goes down, anybody can call anybody, they got their back for almost anything. That's how the Jeep community is. I've called friends up like, hey, this is broken, I need something to like come down. Mm-hmm. All right, got it fixed for you. It's it's just that same team family camaraderie that uh, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The only I, I drove one uh, a few years back maybe like a year and a half ago or something like that. I didn't really care for the drive too much, but I've also been driving a Dodge Ram for a long time. So it was like weird for me to sit that high, but feel so thin, you know, but I've rode in them with my buddies. It was the first time I, um, not proud of it, but I drank a beer inside a car and, uh, because we were riding out. Right. And we were going down to the, the lake and, uh, cause we were going to have like a bonfire and party and stuff like that. And, um, so we had a beer and then my buddy's like, shit, a cop. Right. And we're like 19 years old. So he's like, Hey, this is why we have the doors off. Right. So you had the doors off. He's like, take your can, put it next to the side, reach just a little bit under the bottom of your seat area, drop it. And I was like, what? And I was like, they're going to see the can. He's like, no, drop it. Cause you drive forward. Well, the tire runs it over. Boom. Yep. Flat. You, you don't even know you got a beer can, man. Like <laughs> he's like anything like that. Like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, but I don't know. I, I dig the I dig the fact that you can just have the doors off. You can have the top off, right? I do like how they have those speakers kind of above your head, yep. you know, and stuff like that. But you a hard top or a soft top? I've got a hard top. I mean, I'm a I'm a so I like, I'm a soft top guy, but my two Jeeps have hard tops. Yeah, just because soft top, you can just flip the top back and call it good. But yeah, they drive like shit. They, I mean, yeah, there's a box in the wind, so. I've done it where I've had a steering wheel just like this, driving straight because of the wind trying to push it. So, yeah. yeah, they're not good on gas. They're not good drive. They're rough, rough driving. But I just, I just like them because of the, 
like what you said is you can pop the doors off, do whatever you need. It's like the convertible truck. It's pretty nice. So exactly. Cool, man. You got any questions for me? I have no questions right now. I know if I do, I know I can send it to you. Yeah. Anytime, man. All right. We got, um, started doing, uh, we used to do a FMK segment, but trying to get more into the football space. So we started doing start bench cut. Did this with Tony just the other day. We're going to release that here probably in a couple of days. Um, I'm just finishing editing it, but all right. So start bench cut recent LSU players in the NFL, Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, or Clyde Edwards, Elaire. So this is a hard one. So out of last year's season, start Jefferson. I think out of this, he had the best one, but mm-hmm. the other two got injured throughout the season. Uh, Bench, Edwards, and then basically cut Burrow. I mean, you only had like four games that you can really see something out of them. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's where it's at. Uh, Jefferson, I think, had a – he. I mean, he only he broke like almost every Randy Moss record from the, the Vikings yeah. his, his rookie year. So I think you would have to you would have to start him. Yeah. And then Edwards Lair, he was he was on on a good pace and then he got injured and they started benching him. And again, running back, you've seen it. A lot of teams are starting to run two, three running backs, so yeah. they're not getting the touches. Which is great because they're lasting longer in the league, but they're not getting the touches that the old Emma Smith, Bay Sanders, Thurman Thomas, all those guys used to get. And then Burrow, like I said, being out 90% of the season, you can't really determine anything with him. So yeah. you'll have to cut him. Ooh, I like Joe Burrow, man. He got shafted. I, like he did. That dude was that dude was just running from the snap. <laughs> you know, he was still balling out, but yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think I think he could he could have had a all pro year if he didn't. But again, he's young. He like what you said, he was he was big runner. Yeah. Big guy though too. And yeah, like I said, this is this is a hard one because all three could have had rookie of the year seasons yeah. Yeah. <laughs> throughout throughout the year. And it's just it's crazy too because that LSU team had um you know wide receiver coming out this year and Jamar Chase, right? Yep. And like he just didn't play this year, right? He didn't play this year for LSU, didn't he? He, I think he played up to like the last. Like he played half the season. Yeah, he was like nope, I'm not gonna, not gonna risk it. And that dude won the Blitnikoff for the best wide receiver the year before yeah. when they won the national championships. It was like you know Justin Jefferson comes into the league and he just lights it up, you know, and the the best thing since Swiss cheese. And then um, and it's like he wasn't even the best wide receiver on his team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what those guys do. I hope Joe Burrow does good. I hope the Bengals can draft some fucking linemen. So, so do I. That, and that's where it's at. I mean, like, with it – and I know my other league, people give me crap because I did trade <laughs> Alvin Kamara for A.J. Green and some other guy. This was me following the news and, like, Kamara's going to get cut. He's going to get traded, all this stuff. So, I was like, let me get, yeah. get rid of him quick. But Joe Burrow had a decent wide receiver core. I mean – Older wide receiver core, but I think one they need the the line. They need a running game to open up his passing game and not rely on his running. Yeah, because he he's not gonna he's not gonna be like a Russell Wilson or Mahomes. Like, yeah, he could be a scrambler, but at, like being how big he is, he's not gonna be able to cut and get underneath the tackles like all those guys. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Cool. So we'll close it out here. 
real quick. So if you like listening to this kind of podcast and what we're doing here, I'd encourage you to go check out 58 West King podcast and champions dynasty league podcast. 58 West King is ran by another team in this league. Tony Cosentino, him and his co-commission Matt Graham run that and champions dynasty league. It has this league taco court 58 West King two other leagues that we combined um, the four top three teams from each one to create a 12 team dynasty. We just finished year one in that I did not do well. Any final words for the audience, anybody in the league you want to take shots at trash talk, call out anything you want to say to them, or if you want to call your shot for 2021. So the only, only final words is thanks for having me on. Uh, I know it's been a while trying to get me on here. Sorry, but I've had fun. It's good. Yeah. I think this is a good, good uh, atmosphere, good way ahead to get people involved. Uh, no real trash talking. Uh, no real call outs at, at this time. Maybe starting this season, I'll start talking talking crap more. Yeah, man. This year, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to come after it. Go for it, yeah? Yep. There we go. You've been do- – like, I know we, we rag on you a lot, right? Like, when we're doing some of these things, and uh, I think – I, I think I don't know if it was uh, Tony, but he just like named like in Champions League. Uh, he named like the last place trophy after you or something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, Why, why'd you do that? He's like, I don't know. I'm just like, we just always, you know, talk about how he's not winning, you know, and we just clown because of the Saints fandom and all that kind of stuff. Right. But um, but I've been looking at it. I'm like, man, like dude's doing a lot better. Like, you know, you have those years where it, it's like, damn, like. You know, nothing can go your way, and then then you put together a few pretty good years this last season, last couple seasons. So, competition's getting really good in the league. So, I've been that pretty consistent in the middle, yeah, bottom quarter. But luckily, never in the taco or anything. And then <laughs> yeah, my other my other league, I was so not gonna lie about that. Ooh. I was the taco for that one. <laughs> I get so scared in this league now that I'm like, oh, like <laughs> what's gonna happen to me if I lose? Right, <laughs> like. I know, I know, I know. And I I have to do it because it's my league. Like, I can't not do it, (laughs) you know? So Exactly. exactly. And even even, no matter what, I'm still going to take whatever punishment if I ever come in there. It's just like everything, everything for fun and games doesn't matter. I don't care. It's just going to have a good time. Yep. Cool, man. Well, I look forward to getting out there um, this summer. We'll link up and get some barbecues going. So. That's all I'm going to be doing on any time it's sunny on a weekend or something like that, or a hell a weekday and got to work or something. Right? Nah, I hear you. That's my jam. So get a, get a bunch of people together a little bit more and stuff like that. So, you know, bring Nick into the circle a little bit more. His wife don't like me. Every time we hang out, he gets hammered. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know, I know how you feel. I've, I've had a lot of people like that with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. All right, man. Well, it was good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Hope to see you here in a couple months, and we'll talk to you later on. Hell yeah. Have a good one. We'll take care. Talk later. Thanks for having me on again. Banger of the Week presented by bangasitter.com. This week's song is a little off-brand for, I guess, me and the show in general, but I've been in the mood for chill songs that are pretty good for driving, so for some reason, this thing came across my Spotify the other day, and what came to mind was mobbing through some curvy mountain roads. You know, just vibing. It's also a song that I'm sure Josh pushing P. Peterson, who we just heard from, was knocking each and every week after Tony and I 
tried to beat his team with players straight from the waiver wire as we he basically went on from last place uh, to being in the championship. And as you heard, Josh is a 40-year-old plus white male out of the bayou. So I also felt that, hey, you know what? Why not make it applicable to his demographic? Uh, we'll resume with real heat and fire in future episodes. But this one is I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Love you. Bye. Bye.